Hello, everyone. Uh, it's good to see all of you, and I appreciate your, your attention and your interest in this new series. And uh, it is a new series called New, and it's also, it, it sort of marks a new season. All year long for 2019, we've been focusing on seasons, and we're using that in so many different ways, but we're acknowledging that things change, that God makes things new, that God uh, uh, works through everything, through the struggles of life. He works to give us hope. He works to uh, give us the harvest. All of this is from God, and um, I, hope that, I hope that we live these sermons, that this isn't just isn't me trying to say something interesting and, and uh, give you something to think about and talk about, but it really is something that we're all called upon to live. If we're hearers of the word, then let's be doers of the word. Um, let's pray. Father, we ask that your word would become apparent to us and that we will see the world with new eyes, that we will see the world with a new perspective, that we'll see ourselves with a new perspective. And Father, we don't want just any new perspective. We want the heavenly perspective. We want to be able to see things the way that, that you correct our vision. We want to be able to live out this new life, not fueled by our own drive, determination, effort, and energy, money, resources, but, Father, fueled by your Holy Spirit, which is quite honestly a mystery to us, and we would have it no other way, because if we could figure it out, we wouldn't want it. And Father, I pray that you would um, be with us in this, be with me as the speaker, be with all of us, including me, as the hearers, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So, I just saw the new Avengers movie, and I'm ready to uh, download some spoilers on you, okay? So, uh, but I'm not going to spoil the movie, I'm going to spoil the Bible for you. Yeah, I looked at the back of the book, and... Have you ever done that? Have you ever looked at the back of the book, of the Bible? Uh, this, this is one of the last statements in the entire Bible. The one who was seated on the throne, that's, that's in heaven, God, says, I am making everything new. Now that sounds like the starting place for a story. But that's actually how it all wraps up, that the promise, I mean, the last written down witness to the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, concludes with this statement, I'm going to make everything new. That's God's will. That's his desire. That's his, that's his mission. That's what he's up to. And by the way, not only does that spoil the Bible for you, that spoils your entire existence. That's where we are heading. That's where this congregation is heading. That's where you as individuals are heading. That's where the entire universe that you live in is heading. Well, big time spoilers, right? Who cares how the movie ends? This is what you need to know. <laughs> um, but and and thing is, you might be saying, "Oh well, yeah, okay, we already knew that. We expected that one, you know. Yeah, okay, you expected that one, really. Well, if we expected that one, if we really expected it, let me ask you this: in this environment, in a sermon, reading scripture, sure, we know that God wins. We know that He makes everything new. 
it's really easy for us to come together and say, oh, sure, 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 you know, rally, rally, hey, hallelujah. But is that the way that we operate all the time? It, it, it's counterintuitive. That means it's against the grain. It's, it's not how we normally do things. Because think about it. You and I operate by the understanding that things are new and then they get old. Okay? Your birthdays make you older. Things get older. If you buy a new car, don't get used to that new car smell. Because it's there for a while. And then after a while, it's going to smell like uh, Cheerios and uh, beef jerky and, and other things that we don't want to discuss. So, you know, it, everything breaks down. It gets old. And you and I operate with that default understanding of the world. We're going to start something and then it's going to get old. We're going to do something and then it's going to get old. Okay? And sometimes we look at that favorably, but most often we look at that a bit negatively and see it as a problem. But if Revelation 21 spoils the end of not just the Bible, but of the universe and our existence, then the truth, I mean, what we see in the resurrection, okay, is that this new to old pattern is really not reality. If the resurrection shows us anything, it shows us that that which is old gives way to that which is new. Okay? Now, that's not just um, uh, the old year giving way to the new year. This is not just a talk about new blood that, oh, this old generation, we're going to have to pass the torch to the younger ones. That's just self-serving narrative because what we do there is we're like, you know, we were here before you and we did this and here you go and you're going to carry on what we did and if you don't, we'll criticize it. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about the passage of time. We're talking about the replacement of nature, of, of the very nature of the universe itself is going to be replaced. It's going to be overwritten. It's going to be made new. And I'm avoiding using the word renew. How can you renew something? If it was already there, then it's not new. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Okay, so this is a nice idea. We're, we're listening to this. This is the way the world works because of what God's doing in this universe. And, and we see it in the resurrection. We see Jesus as the first sampling of a new type of humanity. Jesus is not just reanimated. Jesus is not uh, uh, rescued and, and revived. He is made new. And he exists and he lives in a very new type of life. And that's a, that's a preview of what is to come. Here's 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now notice carefully. And, and this becomes a very favorite verse. It's one of my favorites. I like this verse. But I, I realize that I've, I've, sort of, uh, I've sort of treated this verse the way that we treat um, Christian jewelry. Okay, And I'm not one of these guys that's going to be against Christian jewelry. If you've got a little necklace and it's got a golden heart on it or something like that, fantastic. I'm glad that you 
that that means something to you. Um, but we, we make it nicer than it really was, and that's part of the transformation process. I always took this verse to be something of a um, kind of a fresh start saying, you know, kind of a, yeah, today's the day. I'm going to start this journey. I'm going to lose 50 pounds. Woohoo! It's a fresh start. It's a new start. Everything's renewed. You know, we got a second chance. This verse is about much more than second chances. Now, first, notice carefully what Paul is saying here. And by the way, this whole what Paul says in 2 Corinthians is just amazing, okay? And he talks about how this has to do with the ministry that he's doing. But we won't, we won't go there. We just want to look at this one verse. He says, now therefore, if anyone is in Christ, then he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old has passed away. And by the way, this is not just... And evangelism, you better get baptized text, okay? That's not what this is about. This is a verse that I think sometimes we take with us into baptism. Aha, the old has passed away and now the new has come. And then we sit it on the shelf and we never use it again. It was there, it was good for baptism, now we're just going to chuck it to the side. It has to do with every day. In fact, you and I have not fully realized the new that has begun, that is coming to us. The old has passed away. Again, is that our default? Do we, do we accept that? We think that when the old passes away, it's dead, it's gone, it's over. But we don't think that after the old passes away, the new comes in. That's, that's not really how we operate, is it? No, see, because we have bucket lists. We're going to get in, we're going to soak in all the experiences that we can until we're worm food. We're going we're gonna to just you know, get everything out of life that we can. Squeeze all the juice out of the lemon. Before we're dead. We don't think in God's bigger terms. That this old life that you and I are living. We are living kind of an obsolete reality right now. That's about to be overwritten and replaced. And that is where everything is going. Not just in the future, but even now that's happening. This is the old giving way to the new. And, and I hope that in the next few weeks we're going to see that more and more. By the way, uh, that verse in there, if anyone is in Christ, then he or she is a new creation. All right. That's an important word, creation. Some, some of your Bibles will say new person. That's eh, fair. But really, the best translation is that's a new creation. A creation and a new creation is important because a creation implies that there is a what? A creator. You cannot have a creation without a creator. You cannot have a creature without a creator. God is the creator. He's the one who creates the universe. He creates life. He creates us. Everything that we have, we are creating. Okay? I mean, we are are creation. He is creating. Everything we have, God has created. Now, this new creation is much more than a second chance. 
our gospel is much more than a gospel of a second chance. Yes, there's a second chance in the gospel. And there's a third chance and a fourth chance and a fifth chance. How many of you are well past your second chances? You don't have to raise your hands. It's okay. All right. I know there's a good number of you, and I'm one of them. I mean, second chances sound great, but we've gone well beyond that. The new creation is not just a second chance, because I'm afraid that when we talk about gospels of second chance, it's like you get one shot, ah, we'll give you a mulligan, but that's it. After that, you've blown it. So we get baptized, and all of our sins are washed away, okay, and, uh, and, and we're clean. But then what do you do? Because now it's all renewed. It's all cleaned up. We go through life at that point as if we're, you know, walking on eggshells. We're very careful. I don't want to mess up because I, I can't get baptized again. Uh, and if I do, I'm not sure about that. I mean, really. We're like the, you know, mom puts us in clean clothes and says, now don't get those dirty. Why not? What are we? Museum pieces? We're just going to get, you know, stuck to the side here, never, never supposed to do anything? We, you've got to live. You're going to get scarred up. You're going to get dirty. Things are going to happen. The gospel is about more than a second chance, it's, and, it's, and it's much more than being renewed. We talk about renewed like restoration or life support, like, like God took us all broken and beat up and, you know, uh, Put us under the sandblaster, gave us, you know, a new coat of paint, and ah, oh, look at it, look at how wonderful it is. Yeah, it, it, it amazes me that the the shows that are always popular, reality TV and and the other uh, the network tel- uh, channels, it's always some kind of restoration, because we like to see something all beat up and broken, and then it gets repaired. So we have fixer upper, wonderful. Wonderful. Everybody loves that show. How can you not? And it's not just the personalities in it. I, I mean, uh, you know, I wonder how much, how, how successful it would be if it was just the Chip and Joanna Gaines show and, you know, they were just kind of living life every day. Actually, it might be very popular. But the, uh, the point is we have to have something. So we have a, a broken up old house and we fix it and then they have the big reveal. Okay, we like that. But new creation would be much more than restoration. It would be as if we scooped up all the dirt and all the house and just took it out and then put something else there. But we called it the same. God is doing so much more than just renewal. Um, This is a new nature. Different than the kind of nature that you and I live in. This is a new kind of life. This is a new way of living. So it's not just shiny and restored. In some ways, it connects to where we've been, but at the same time, it's also broken away from it. We've started over. Here's one of the ways I can think of to uh, explain this. My friends in Britain, um, the last time I was there, they gave me some coins. And, you know, you always hear about British money and you hear about things like crowns and shillings and you know, and farthings, and, and, and it sounds like pirate money, and, uh, and, and I guess it is, and, and they, uh, 
the thing they don't have those that those currencies anymore. They don't use that in Britain. What? No. No, this is well before Brexit. This is way back there. Because they had a uh, a moment in time that was called decimalization where because you know, it's like farthings and all that were, you know, 12 uh, fifths of a something or other, you know, it's all this weird, bizarre, royal, medieval math. But then they said, you know, couldn't we just do like everybody else and, you know, do uh, tens and twenties and thirties and forties and all that. And they did, but they had to change out all the money. So now if you go there and you look at their pennies, it says not pence, but new pence. That means this is not the old penny. This is the new one. This isn't just the old one renewed. This is a totally different system. Now, it's still a system of money, and it's still, the, it's still very important, but things have changed significantly. That's the kind of new creation that you and I live in. And I'm telling you, we're still operating quite often under the rules of the old creation, even though we talk new all the time. Because when we focus ourselves completely on living this life and getting everything that we can out of this life, and we're only concerned about what God can do to sort of um, enhance and elevate our experience in this life, then we don't understand that God is completely creating a new way of life for us. One of the things about creation to keep in mind is that creation is not something that you and I do. Creation is always God's activity. He is the creator. So it's not up to you. It's not up to me to create this new creation, this new life. I think sometimes we have a do-it-yourself religion where we, um, I mean, we think, we operate as if the old becomes new. I've been messing up, I've been doing wrong, I've been doing some things I shouldn't. I want to turn over a new, a new leaf, we say. I want to go in a new direction. In other words, we're, we're tired of all this, it's hurting us, and that's good, but we just want to do something new. So we come to church, we come to the preachers, we come to one another, we come to the elders. What do I have to do to be saved? What do I have to do to do this? What do I have to do to be new? What do I have to do to turn over a new leaf? What do I have to do? What do I have to do? What do I have to do? And we ask that as if it is a do-it-ourselves kind of a way of life. And this is just sort of our group. Think of it like this. Uh, the, uh, uh, you know, we talked about the network television. Everybody loves do-it-yourself shows too. Even people who are never going to do any of that work like to watch that. And right now, it's gardening time, and everybody's going to redo their gardens. Oh, and it's going to be wonderful. And there's sales on mulch, and there are sales on soil, and everything that you need. Because the season is right. It is the time. Let's go work in the garden. And so we get together, and we have our gardening clubs, and we have our other groups, and we exchange vegetables, and we have our farmer's market. Oh, it's wonderful. And we're all doing it all. But are we really? We dig in the ground. We put the dirt in the ground. We put the fertilizer in there. We stick the plants in there. But how many of you have ever really made a tomato? You've planted them. You've grown them. You've harvested them. And you have eaten them. But you did not make that tomato. 
If so, then you start with the basic elements and come up with your own tomato, okay? We don't do that. We don't come up with our own flowers. We nurture it. We accept it. We, we, we make it possible. We give in to it. We say, you know what? I bet this little plant right here will grow if I put it in this dirt and I water it and everything. Sometimes it doesn't. But that's not, you know, that's not on the plant. That's on us. You leave that plant where it grows and where it lives and survives, and it'll do just fine. Now, at this point, I, I believe it's possible that some of us could be worried. Because here I have, I've deconstructed all this, and it's like, well, Benjamin, you said that, you know, I mean, I'm coming to church, I'm doing everything, I'm taking the communion, and you're telling me that's not enough? Well, not really. So if you're worried, for example, that the old way isn't passing away, because you might be thinking, you know, I get it, I hear this about the new life, but man, that old way of life just hangs on. It's just always there. Maybe I'm not really living new life if the old life is still there. Well, it's a process. That's what I want you to know. The new life is not like the British money system where it just all switches at a certain particular point in time. And even that didn't happen. It's a process. We have to, we, we have to, the old life, by the way, is not just passed away, but it is passing away. And the new life is beginning. We are transitioning into this new reality. Now, it's happening even now, but I'm telling you, you and I, we live in the in-between times between Jesus exalted and he says he's coming back, and we're right there in that middle zone as things are starting to change. Is that hard to understand? Well, let me, let me help you with this. Um, you know, s- some of our favorite times in the day as the, as the, as the time of the day changes is... is in the morning and in the evening, when it is neither night nor day, but it's switching between the two, right? And, and you, you, you experience that up to a certain point, and then at some point, it's completely night or it's completely day. You and I are living in those dusk and dawn periods in, in, in human history, all right? We've been there ever since uh, Jesus ascended. And we'll be there until he comes again. So in the meanwhile, we might as well enjoy what's going on. And understand that the old life is passing away, even if it hangs on just a bit. It's a process. If you're worried that you aren't perfectly new, you know, I mean, it's like, oh, but this new life, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm still messing up and I don't seem to be experiencing it. And I, I don't know that everything that I'm experiencing is really that new life like, like Scripture's talking about. Well, new life doesn't really work perfectly. It's new, but there's nothing that says that it's perfect. It's a new creation. It's perfect because God will perfect it. It's not perfect because you and I make it perfect. In fact, you and I tend to do quite the opposite, and we ought to just accept that. When you were born... You know, you could say that you were born and you were in some ways a perfect human, okay? You were, you, were, you were a good human. You were right there. Okay, but you did not come out full grown, okay, ready to do everything. There is a process. You had to start picking up some things. 
and you know that learning stops you say I don't know you know at some particular age and then you find out it shouldn't have stopped and you should have kept on learning so don't be worried that you're not perfect because the whole point of the new life is that God is going to perfect his creation which includes you and I and if you're worried that you've run out of chances don't think about how many chances you have you could have a thousand chances and that's not the point you could have two that's not the point if you're worried about any of this then then what I want you to do is not focus on second chances or a thousand chances but I want you to focus on giving God a chance give God the chance to do something new in you Now, do you see the difference there? Because one is like we've reset the game, and now we have a chance to get through it and to beat the boss because he defeated us last time. That's video game talk, by the way, for those of you who were born uh, before 1980. All right. Now, uh, we're not just, God's not just resetting the game so that we can have another chance to get it right. God is bringing us into a whole new game, and he's saying, why don't you hand me the controller? That's video game talk again. Why don't you hand me the controller and let me take over? Ah. So why don't we, instead of just worried about, well, I've got a second chance, and I've got to do this, or I'm going to mess this up, or I've got to be perfect, give God a chance in you. What does that look like? It, well, it looks like surrendering to God. It looks like submitting to God. It looks like Us turning things over and saying, God, not only do you have the chance to do something new in me, but I'm going to trust in you that you're going to do something new in all of creation. I mean, it's almost as if God is saying, hey, I'm making everything new. He did say that, didn't he? Yeah, that's at the end of the story. But it's actually not just where it ends, it's where we begin is with God saying, I'm making everything new. Why don't you give God that chance, okay? Because I'm going to tell you, that's going to be far better than anything that you and I are going to do, is just to let God do something new in us. It'll bring about a new season. It'll bring about a new season for you. It'll bring about a new season for everyone that loves you. And you don't need to be afraid, and you don't need to be worried. Let's stand and sing this song, and if we can talk more about that, or if you need to talk to somebody today, we've got shepherds here, we've got others. Let's sing together, and then we'll